Well, apparently Alabama could not just sit still and let things unfold when it comes to the upcoming Rose Bowl. It had to uh, come up with some other plan. That's where George Hilo comes in. Uh, last night, I'm out, to, uh, I'm out to dinner with Sarah, and uh, I, got a, uh, I got a text from, a, uh, from one of the leaders in best, my brother in metal, Michael Wolf, and he's like, Hilo, no. That's right. George Hilo, going to Alabama. Let's talk about it on this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Friday. We're back and doing a Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And we are, uh, we're, we're well, 11 days before I had to pass Adina. And, uh, that means we were fast approaching. We're, we're, that means eight, what, 17 days away from the actual Rose Bowl. We are getting there. We are two and a half weeks away. So that is where we're at. And yet Nick Saban making moves. Nick Saban goes out and gets George Hilo. To come to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> so, uh, to help very specifically. This isn't like, oh, he's coming aboard after the Rose Bowl is done or anything like that. No, it's, it's very Michigan specific. And uh, I, I've confirmed that, that that move happened. Uh, so, it is, I, I don't want to say it is what it is. That's just a very cliche idiom. But, I mean, it is what it is. And, uh, certainly there's a lot of people I, I, when I finally got home from, from, uh, from dinner and all of that stuff, I, I looked on some of the boards and there's people that were like, Hilo's dead to me. Like, listen, you can't fault George Hilo for this. Now, bias alert, I am close with George Hilo. He and I still talk, uh, but it's nonetheless, like he was given a demotion at Michigan wasn't like the linebacker position got worse. They just wanted to bring in Chris Partridge. He was given a demotion and opted to uh, basically leave at that point, which, I mean, anyone in the right mind would do exactly that. So I, I think that that's absolutely makes sense, right? Like he's open for a job and Nick Saban's like, hey, we'll hire you to come in. Does that put a wrench somewhat into Michigan's, what Michigan's trying to do? I mean, it is, but I mean, they've still got, again, two and a half weeks to, to account for this, right? Certainly there have likely been a lot of changes to the defense and things of that nature. I mean, it's the same defense, but there certainly are changes that have been made on a year-by-year basis. So Hilo isn't necessarily fully up on everything, but he can be like, okay, usually when they look like this, they're doing this, blah, 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 all that type of stuff. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, having, uh, finding a way to get someone signs. I thought Ryan Armani actually put it really well. You got a lot of pushback on Twitter from a lot of the, uh, rival fans that said, no, it's not that big of a deal. Whereas what Michigan was doing was cheating. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's, that's just going to be the narrative. But I mean, I, I do think that it is kind of a correct, uh, take on it to be like, you care so much about, uh, uh getting someone else's signs through, uh, iPhone footage which again, I know people like to say like, oh, it's against the rules. It's, there is no obvious letter of the rule. Like there's people that are taking some rules out of context and everything of that nature. 
But what Connor did, it still it seems to me to be a very much a gray area. That was again a purposeful thing. Um and then you but you add in the idea of like, well, we're just gonna hire a coach for the Rose Bowl to uh to to tell us everything they know about the inner workings of that Michigan defense and those players that you he knows intimately. I mean, how is that any different? It, like, from a, a spirit of the game, the sanctity of the game type way, it, it isn't any different. But at the same time, do I think it really matters a heck of a lot? No, I don't. Uh, I mean, maybe it will end up mattering, and we'll all look back and say, ooh, that will end up being the big difference. That was how Nick Saban got the competitive edge he needed to be able to, to, to win. But I, at the same time, I think that, again, you have plenty of time to, to sit there and look and say, okay, what, what can we do to make it, you know, make things different? Michigan's had an uphill battle this entire year, right? The entire year. That's why I kind of feel like this of any team, even though 2021 kind of felt like the team of destiny in a lot of ways, because it was just like, man, they just did it. And I remember going into that Georgia game, just being like, they're, they're really going to do it. This just feels like this is Providence. And then they line up against Georgia, and it's like, okay, never mind. Providence not happening. This is a little bit different because it's like Michigan's had the, the deck stacked against them all year long. Now, granted, the competition wasn't particularly great until the last month of the season, but when did the deck get really stacked against them? Uh, well, starting with the Penn State game. It was stacked against them in particular the last month, and yet they persevered. And a lot of that has to do with having a player-led team that can survive without its head coach survive without its linebackers coach so with that in mind I mean it's it doesn't really matter sometimes if you know what another team is running I mean sometimes it does obviously you can you you can say well there's that area is going to be vacated so we'll throw it over there but that's where Michigan again the Michigan coaches have all this time to game plan to figure out what to what to do to take advantage and it's still you know a lot of times you've seen in football games really good teams go up against other really good teams and one team is just so good at what it does, it's like, well, you can't stop it. Michigan against Penn State with the run game. I understand the run game wasn't, it wasn't like it was in 2022 this last year, but it still was, you can't stop it enough, right? They were stalling it, they weren't stopping it. Michigan against Ohio State, final drive. You can't stop it, at least not enough. You know what we're going to do, but good luck. It's going to be kind of the same thing with Hilo coming in to Alabama. But I, again, I don't fault him whatsoever. I know that there are certain people that will because they see things through maize and blue glasses at all times. It's kind of like with recruiting, right? Like people get really upset when a recruit doesn't pick, uh, pick Michigan. It's, these aren't people who are necessarily like George Hilo didn't grow up a Michigan fan, right? He played at Ole Miss. He got his first coaching opportunity through Nick Saban. So, like, his loyalty isn't to Michigan, although he loves Michigan. I can tell you that. He still loves Michigan. But uh, that, that doesn't mean that, you know, hey, if, if you need a job opportunity, you're going to take a job opportunity, right? Like, if you are working somewhere and they demote you so hard that you have no choice but to leave, essentially, and someone, you know, your rival says, hey, we're going to give you some money to come and and try to, to beat down the other people, like, yeah, you're going to take it. It's in a normal world, you know, if we're talking, you know, Kmart versus Target, I know Kmart basically doesn't exist, but if we're talking Kmart versus Target, you know, then all emotion is removed from it. And that's how it is with a lot of the coaching and all of that stuff. So 
I have no problem with it. It, it just makes Michigan's job a little bit harder. And I think the good news is you've got a player-led team that knows what to do. Michigan, as we went over uh, yesterday, is just tops in all the metrics. It's um, since yesterday, Parker Fleming updated his his stats award and actually has Michigan winning twenty five to twenty four. So I mean, it's it's gonna be in the margins. Maybe this is part of what gets it out of the margins for Alabama, or maybe Michigan's just better. We'll find out. There's a reason why they play the games and not on paper. So, all right, I want to talk about the transfer portal for a little bit. Uh, we've got uh, a bunch of different people who are uh, looking like they're very likely to become Wolverines. Uh, so I want to get into that and we'll move on from there. But first, before we do move on, as the weather gets colder, it doesn't feel cold here today, but NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. There's no offer hotter than the uh, Los Angeles Chargers job with Brandon Staley gone. Anyway, right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. When you uh, place a $5 money line bet, that's it. Just $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. So if you were, if you decided, you looked at the Chargers and the Raiders and you said, Raiders, that's who I'm going with yesterday, you got $150 in bonus bets. That's how easy it is. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than now. The app is super easy to use. It's got everything that you want, players, props, spreads, overs, unders, heck of a lot more. You get instant withdrawals, all that stuff. So keep NFL season going strong with FanDuel, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. funny I, I i realize if you watch this and i'm not i, I shouldn't even say this because anyone who watches the show regularly is going to have uh they're going to see this in me that that you didn't see it before i blink a lot when i do the show i think it's just the lights the way the angles of the lights the way they hit my eyes uh it keeps me blinking a lot i don't think i blink this much in real life uh but uh, <laughs> i could feel myself in that last ad read just like blink 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 and it actually, so Sarah and I had been watching The Golden Bachelor, and we finally watched the finale yesterday. And uh, in the finale, it was funny because uh, whenever the uh, uh, Gary, when he was, when his uh, new fiance was speaking, he was mouthing everything she was saying. And like he was just so excited when he, she was talking. Um, I feel like that's, uh, that somehow correlates to my incessant blinking at the beginning of this. Anyway, um, now that none of you will that watch rather than just listen will ever be able to not notice, uh, we'll go ahead and move on. Um, maybe you noticed already. So um, Michigan brought in, I think, what, eight transfers last year. Um, and uh, they've, they've hosted a few. I don't know if Donovan McCauley's made it to campus yet. I know Upton Stout and Jay Sean Barham had. Uh, there was the uh, the Penn Joey Slackman, I think his name is, the Penn defensive tackle that Michigan really wanted, who uh, is not visiting Michigan now. Looks like he's going to end up elsewhere. Uh, you've got some uh, some others here, um, like Caden Green or Chase Besantis or Dante Moore uh, that Michigan's going to go through. So, uh, obviously, Upton Stout, Jayshon Barham, those ones feel really good, and I think that's great news for Michigan, right? Because... Uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to those two, like Upton, Upton Stout is, I think, 40th in the country. Jay Sean's up there. They're both four stars in terms of the transfer portal rankings. Um, 
I, I'm really excited about both of those guys, and both of them are trending to Michigan at the moment. I think it's it's going to be what uh, where, where Michigan goes from there now. Uh, as I talk to someone uh, who is close to the entire situation at Michigan, uh, said that those uh, those two are the ones that they're really kind of looking at hard at this moment, and obviously they're doing a good job. But as they said, quote, being somewhat strategic too, don't want to stunt the development and culture uh, we already have with the younger guys. So Michigan's going to be smart about it and certainly is not going to just try to be like, we really absolutely just need talent and everything. Michigan's in a position, even with a lot of the guys that they're going to lose, where they can be a bit selective, which is really good. So that's where I'm curious to see with a Caden Green or a Chase Besantis, the two tackles uh, from uh, Texas A&M and Oklahoma. Uh, if one of those guys, I mean, they're both second-year guys, one of those guys work uh, well. Uh, also, you look at some of these other names that have come up more recently. Ja'Cory Brooks, the former five-star wide receiver from Alabama who played it with J.J. McCarthy at IMG Academy. Uh, Jamal Banks, the Wake Forest wide receiver who's 6'5". Uh, I mean, clearly receiver is a position where they're looking at. McCauley feels like he would be a really good fit because we've seen him being able to go up there and high point the ball. We've seen, seen kind of like him being able to go and make a big play in the big house uh, you know, while being against Michigan. I think that that's pretty... That's a pretty good indication that he can handle the bright lights. That's one of the things that they mentioned about with Ernest Hausman, like knowing that he can handle that type of crowd factor. Now, they obviously haven't worried about that with everybody. They did bring in uh, you know, guys like Josiah Stewart, who, who hadn't necessarily played in front of the bright lights of uh, 110,000 people. But that is something that the coaching staff has often said is something that they really try to prioritize because... You know, it, it's one thing when you're playing against, a, you know, in a smaller game against a smaller crowd, and then it's different when you're playing in the horseshoe against Ohio State, right? You need to be able to recognize the moment and be able to handle that. It's a different level of pressure. So I think that's where getting a guy like Donovan McCauley could be really interesting. Um, I, I mean, and also having a guy that maybe if J.J. McCarthy does come back, can you get a Ja'Cory Brooks, someone who was a benefactor of playing with him at IMG Academy, uh, winning that high school national championship, or at least undefeated season. I don't know how that whole thing works. Uh, but I think that that could really bode very well uh, as far as that, that goes. But at least now, it feels like there's two that really feel like they are for sure in a really good place. Then it's just the next step of identifying a couple other guys. Now, uh, Upton Stout is, you know, being a... a you know, nickel corner type. Uh, you already have a guy that can do that in Jaden McBurrows, of course, but I think ideally you would move Jaden McBurrows outside. We still don't really know what would happen with, uh, if are they going to keep up trying the Omorian Walker experiment? He had been hurt earlier in the year. Um, who of the other guys get to step up opposite uh, Will, uh, Will Johnson? Because, you know, Josh Wallace will be gone. So who's that next guy? Is it a Miles Pollard? Is it a Cody Jones? Uh, and then, you know, or is it Jaden McBurrows who's gotten a lot more time on task? And then at least you would have Upton Stout who did hold his own pretty well against Ohio State. Um, out of the 45-ish snaps, he was only targeted once and no one got a catch on him. Uh, I don't know exactly what that means. I have to go back and rewatch that game, but that's at least what the, the metrics say happened. So it, I think that he could step in and be a really good player. I think the question as well is, um, and again, that's that bright lights thing. He did this in the horseshoe. Uh, is would he have those same intangibles that Mike Mikey Sanders still has? I don't know. Jay Sean Borum, I am what is, is the one I think I'm most excited about being able to get just this giant thumper 
uh, type uh, linebacker. Whether Junior Colson stays or goes, I mean, that's just a, he'd be a great guy to have. You would just hope that you're able to retain uh, a Jaden Hood and a Jimmy Rolder and continue to just build out that position group. Uh, I, I this is what you, you like. A lot of people are like look at these names and say, oh, you know, everyone's going to transfer. That's the importance of what I just kind of told you is is not wanting to stunt the development and the culture. You want the culture to kind of get back to this. This is what Michigan was in like the 90s, the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Is you know, you know, it was one of those things where it was like you didn't necessarily know if you weren't following, you know, weren't getting the Wolverine magazine, for instance. You, you knew who the starters were, some of the backups. You didn't necessarily know all this recruiting stuff, right? And it was like, man, I don't know how they're going to replace that guy. I remember when Chris Perry graduated, I'm like, well, I don't know how they're going to replace that guy. That guy was incredible. And then Mike Hart, you know, it's, I know he was a freshman. It wasn't a guy who was waiting in the wings per se, but that is the type of thing where you want to build that. And Michigan seems like it is building that in a transfer uh, portal culture. Michigan is trying to retain what it has, letting those who want to go, go, but say like, hey, you're going to be waiting your turn and eventually you're going to get that opportunity. You look at like a G.O.L. hottie and say, and he's been sitting there behind uh, Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter, but next year's going to be his opportunity. And if he makes the most of it, he'll get to do what he wants to do. And uh, I think that that's a really important thing to set because it's, it's a little old school football, but you can win a lot better, I think, when you have a, this, an established culture because there's more accountability and more leadership in that light. Or stay on that light. Counter- accountability and leadership. I almost said account a, account a ship and leaderability. That's where we're at on this Friday. <laughs> Before we do, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And it's, there's nothing more important than having the right people to help you win your own national championship. That's why you got to dip in your own transfer portal. That's what LinkedIn jobs is. LinkedIn is not just another job board though. LinkedIn has a vast network of over a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you've got that many quality candidates. So easy. In fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many ads and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process easy, even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Don't be alarmed if you're watching. If you're listening, again, you're missing out on all the blinking and the weird facial expressions, all that kind of stuff. But for the first time in, I think, about four or five months, I am not wearing a hat. I'm not talking just like four or five months on the show. I'm talking like I've worn a hat every single day for like the the last time I know I didn't wear a hat was when uh, Sarah and I went to the Friends Experience at Great Lakes Crossing, and that was sometime over the summer. That's the last time I know for a fact I didn't wear a hat. And that was a long time ago. Um, why, am I, why did I decide to do my hair? I was just curious to see if I have hair. <laughs> I mean, I know I have hair. I have a full head of hair. Um, in case anyone was wondering. Not balding or anything like that. Thick, 
luscious hair. Why am I telling you this? I don't know. Anyway, um, I think that what you're seeing, what Michigan's building, is very important because, I mean, you see it even just from an offensive standpoint and just the complexion of the this Jim Harbaugh-built team. Every, and Jim Harbaugh was try, starting to try to zag while everyone else sagged, right? was starting to try to go down that road when he brought in Josh Gaddis and, and suddenly everything kind of shifted to uh, a different style, right? It, it stopped being uh, the Harbaugh ball, which he couldn't quite run as effectively as he wanted to. He wasn't getting that offensive line play, uh, wasn't getting quite the quarterback play. The roster just wasn't there. So then, you know, when you going up against Ohio State, kind of started to have this, if you can't beat them, join them type mentality, and it didn't really work. So in 20, that was in 2019. Then 2020, uh, obviously, it became kind of a hybrid, and then it, it still wasn't working. And then in 2021, it was the full Harbaugh offensive experience once again. Now, the full Harbaugh offensive experience is not the type of thing that you see in college football now, right? Like, you see, like, Oregon, Washington, Texas, that kind of, like, quasi-air raid with, you know, it might not be the actual air raid, but it, might, it has a lot of elements of that. It's going to be really pass-happy. That is obviously what most have gone to. Michigan has zigged while others have zagged. I think that's where, when we talk about the transfer portal, why this is particularly potentially exciting. It's not just the idea of bringing in uh, some good players that can help you, and certainly there's going to be other teams that are going to like sit there and look on paper and say, who between our recruiting class and these transfers, we are just solid. Now, I think it's better to have good transfer portal guys than necessarily recruits in some ways and vice versa in others. It's better to build through just through the draft, you know, like if you've got an NFL team building through the draft, it's more important to do that, and that's your recruiting base, but then you get that extra oomph through free agency, which is the transfer portal. Uh, the transfer portal, you know that those guys are probably going to be pretty good because you brought them in for a reason, because you've seen them play before. Uh, recruiting is still the lifeblood of your program the same way that a draft is to the NFL. But just the fact that it's you're seeing so many with just so much turnover, you have, you know, like we talked about yesterday, Ohio State's got 15 guys in the portal. Julian Fleming's looking to go to Penn State potentially. I mean, you had Kyle McCord uh, going to, uh, uh, and Julian Fleming had both went to Nebraska initially. I mean, like, you know, that, what are we doing here if you're Ohio State? Like, I understand you don't have what you think you want, but, you know, you don't necessarily have anyone out there in the portal in free agency. You're just going to draft another quarterback or hope that your third-round draft guy and Devin Brown works. Like, that's not really going to work necessarily. So if Michigan can continue to do what it's doing, but it, now it can't play scared. Now, this is one of the things when it comes to transferring. I remember in 2020, I was driving back from Indiana, rode with uh, Zach Shaw from 24-7 Sports, and we were talking about it. And he had a really interesting observation. I'm giving him the credit here. I'm not stealing this. I'm just sharing what he said at that time. He, he said what, he, what really kind of alarmed him about what Michigan was doing in that time is it felt like they were playing scared when it came to the, a, lot, you know, a lot of the rotations. Because if you remember, you had Zach Charbonnet, you had Hassan Haskins, you had Blake Corum, you had Chris Evans. And Michigan wasn't really giving the lion's share to anybody. They were inexplicably giving less to Zach Charbonnet um, and again, there were a lot of people who thought, oh, he's transferring because of this. He hadn't decided to transfer until he went home in December. He was homesick. Um, but uh, nonetheless, 
Like they had him, they're trying to keep him happy. They weren't doing a good job. They're trying to keep Hassan Haskins heavy. They're trying to keep Chris Evans, who was suspended the year before and came back uh, for another year, tried to keep him happy, and they're trying to keep uh, the freshman Blake Horham happy. When you try to make so many people happy, you end up making no one happy, right? Michigan was always so fearful for so long of, we don't want to lose this guy, so we need to accommodate him so he doesn't go into the transfer portal. I think now, because you're building a culture of accountability, you're building a culture that says, you know what, when it's your time, you're going to come in and you're going to shine, but you know, you have to pay deference for some others. Now that's going to work for some guys. It's not going to work for others, but that's the importance of when you're building through the recruiting, you can identify guys that have the right mindset to fit into your culture. Culture is sometimes bigger than talent. And you need talent, but if you find the right mix between culture and talent, that's when you have a team that plays together. That's, I think, the difference between when you look at Ohio State the last couple of years is it, it wasn't culturally quite as tight as, like, the Urban Meyer ones, right? Like, those Urban Meyer Ohio State teams, you, you had players that were kind of like, we would die for Urban Meyer, you know? And it doesn't feel that way through Ryan Day. Conversely, the Michigan team that Michigan had in those times, you had players that were not that it, you know it they weren't going to put free Harbaugh on if Harbaugh got suspended they weren't that type of team now you have have a player led team that plays for each other but reveres their head coach that is what you need and you need to build that through the recruiting and then you add to it through the transfer portal and i think that we're, what we're seeing with what michigan's doing is it's just a much better way to go about things they're zigging while others are zagging in a lot of ways. Not completely, but a little bit. All right, that's that's it. Rant over. We will be back on Saturday evening. We will talk a little Michigan basketball, Juwan Howard's return, uh, and uh, whatever other football stuff happens. So we will get to that on Saturday. But for now, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will be back soon. Peace. <laughs>